Let me record this. I understand your question. Did you hear me? Yes. I know you have to speak loud. I don't understand your question. It's a, it's a very simple question. It's can you explain yourself? Carol just comes online, he looks at you and he says, you just, how can you, you know, you're such a different person. You've changed. He said, you've changed since Monday. So can you explain yourself? No, I cannot. Okay, that's fine with me. If you ever find out why Carol said that, I would be glad to hear it. Okay. Okay? Thank you. Yes. Okay, welcome everybody. Hello, Marin and Sky Blue. Hello. Hello. Okay, a logistical consideration from my side. Next week and the week after that, I'll be delivering an expand the box in a lab in Brazil, and therefore there won't be any team. And so we meet again on December 23rd, and we keep going after that. So we're not meeting next week or the week after. Great. Any other logistical considerations? Okay, then. Any non-logistical considerations about um, any, any questions or comments or discovery or that you've had in your space holding this week where you either discovered something or something happened and you didn't understand and you have a question about it or kind of anything? Yes. I've heard this week that I'm really pissed and sad at how much I'm holding space with my box. And I'm really, I'm, I'm investigating right now how, how can I hold space without being in my box and being on the edge while holding space and being in the unknown and being basically not, not what I believe to be and am used to be, most of all, to hold space. What have you, so what have you discovered about that? What did you figure out or exper experimented with? But, so my experiment was to, so there's something I noticed that somehow I'm, when I hold space, I'm going a little bit above the person and I'm not really with the energy of the person, but somewhere above. And I know, I can I can shift that and lean in with more anger and fear also to be more on the edge and and be with the person where he or she actually is. And I just found this out yesterday, so I haven't had that many experiments with that yet, but this is so far. Cool. I am kind of doing similar research, something kind of that uh, it's, I don't know if it's similar, but let's say it, it, it collaborates with what you're researching. And that's what I would like to kind of work with you today with. 
and experiment about about this. But um, so you might find another experiment today. Cool. Great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sibylla, I muted you because there was a yeah. It's my old computer that makes some funny sound. I also can I give you can a, I give you a, a is that better? Yes. Now, at least there's no feedback. Can I give you an experiment yeah. to try? So, I don't because you and Jay do all this experiment with music and Zoom and all this stuff. There's always some kind of technological technology issue, something happening. And I propose that you don't bring it into the space because somehow you're feeding it, or it's part of. It's kind of part of your box to have this technical problems and to just in the any space that you're in just um live with it without bringing it into the space cool go ahead from the last friday so i brought this into like yeah several spaces this week with uh there's another practice we've been doing, which is taking the wall down that together with the practice of the vulnerability. I also, yeah, I learned a lot in noticing how, um, yeah, how much higher my fear is with, with doing that and how much resistance my box and my gremlin have to that. And that there is, it's not so much that I'm attached to the superior in the space, but the, there's a lot of stories that I'm working with and I had one emotion healing process about it, but a lot of stories about if I'm totally also as vulnerable as the other person that I'm holding space for then who is really holding space like there's a yeah there's a bigger story for me about that space holding means I'm somehow lifting the space into the extraordinary and that means a lot of like being really vulnerable lowers the space so yeah there's a lot of stories i've been exploring and noticed while i'm in the space in the moment being with the stories and tracking that and yeah so i, I really valued the experience from last week and yeah bringing it in thank you thank you i noticed that when i'm holding space for somebody else I don't, there's a part, a little bit of vulnerability, but, it, but what I've noticed is that when someone's holding space for me, I feel a lot more vulnerable. Or so if someone asks me a dangerous question, then I, my good girl box comes in and I want to answer it from that point of view. Which would make you not vulnerable then. Right. Right. And so I don't do that. I'm, I just notice it and okay. I'm just noticing it. And well, I'm my, I'm struggling with it. <laughs> it's um, it's kind of an ongoing thing. So, um, and some of the, some of the dangerous question was being asked by text. And so then I, I didn't want to, be vulnerable by text. So I requested a conversation by phone and 
And that hasn't happened yet. It keeps getting put off by the other person. Yeah, which means they're box, they're box and gremlin who are, so in, you know, a possibility for you, Phyllis, is when that happens, I just pick up the phone. It's amazing how in this day and age, we plan our phone calls, like almost all of our phone calls are planned, which never used to happen. Never. People would just pick up the phone and then it would be a landline and people would be there and you would actually, I mean, you know this better than me. I barely lived in that time. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and so I have taken a stand to be enough of these planned phone calls and I've just been starting just calling up people. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I will do that. I, I want to share that um, the conversation of vulnerability and the, the general definition that you gave it last time and that we explored last time gave me incredible access to a space that I was holding this week in which uh, my box wanted to go, well, I'm not sure the distinction between box and gremlin, but it was, I'm a failure. And I was able to con actually there was a part of me that wanted to cancel the meeting. And when I recognized that I care and that I care about these beings and that these beings care about me, I went ahead and scheduled the meeting with I'm a failure as over there and was able to be in that place of vulnerability with the group. And I feel that it brought something extraordinary to the group. Thank you. I just want to say um, that if you have any value in other people's sharing, um, doing this or saying thank you is just a way of saying, it's just a way of acknowledging that we bring value to each other. And it's, it is such a thing that is unrequested and it doesn't happen in, in meetings, in school, you know, in most of modern culture, there's no acknowledgement that uh, somebody's presence and, and exploration and vulnerability has any value. And really the space is, is just not like that. So please um, try to sense in you, okay, I did get something and to acknowledge any way you, you wish. Thank you. And I... Uh, Thank you wanted to say, Aquarius, that I did an emotional healing process with a woman yesterday. And the discovery that we made is that it was a past life process. She was in a village and she was a space holder. And then she, um, something bad happened. Basically the village got killed. And what she did was that she, to survive, to be able to bear the loss of her village in her community had to cut this I care. She had to say, I don't care anymore. I can't care um, I, uh, because I can't do it. I, I, I can't take care of a village alone. I can't care because if I care, something bad happens. And when she cut that, what happened is that she also had to cut the information coming within her because the information, the download, the visions were actually for her, her people. It wasn't for her. And so she had to cut both ways. And when she finally opened the care again, then she could also remove, she had put a mirror 
to bounce back the download from from behind she could remove the mirror and 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 become the space again you know become the vessel again and so i think uh i think it really has this care has so much pull towards uh what we're creating and how we're creating what what is coming through us so thank you for sharing that thank you thank you is it about this uh, maria nope okay i think carol was gonna say something yeah thanks uh, i have an edge <clears throat> that i found myself uh, when i was holding space uh, this week and uh, it was like kind of a cross cross section between um, me being impatient with the person that i was holding space to because i kind of knew where it is going and uh, and this was this and and the other and the other road was that i saw a little bit of um, of gremlin in that person but i also have seen my gremlin knowing what where where this is going and i couldn't like um, and i was like kind of confused is it what what is really going on and i couldn't uh, i couldn't point to that person that maybe it's your gremlin uh, here or maybe you're not maybe you are kind of pretending but I also was in some way pretending, but on the other, with the other direction. So I couldn't like uh, do anything. And I just, and I just uh, accepted this, that I'm in this state and went over. It went okay, but yeah, this was like, um, it was also what the Kian was saying in, in some way. So, so that's why I'm bringing this. Great. Like I said, I think what we'll do today uh, will provide a, a possibility about that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. A lot of fear coming up to share this because I am pretty liquid right now. Mm. The, mm. It's about deciding that what I have to offer is bigger than me, like it isn't, isn't me at all. And so it's related to what Pian and Carol were just saying of transcending my box to show up for this vision. I received a process today about some attachments that I have been experiencing and went back to a time here in, in this land where I live right now in Peru, where I had to see beyond the physical world to be of service to my village. And so also this story that you just shared and Chloe is connected that oof, it's like 
Maria, if one instead, person, if Maria, instead of saying oof or blowing out the feeling, just say what you feel. Just say, while I'm feeling it, yeah. Go. <laughs> I'm, I'm like courting myself to so many different things in this world, in like this dimension to not go there, like to not go to the vision that's here that I have to transmit, that I have to hold space for. And I cut the cords over and over again, and then I plug myself back into them. And in this moment, I'm not plugged into them. And I'm terrified of just letting the vision come through because it's, I die also, like we all die in this vision, in this physical way, in this, like we all have to dissolve our relationship with this physical form for this vision to be lived into. And I have to let go of my box altogether to be of service to this vision. And then I'm just naked, like then I'm just out, out there and it, is fucking scary. <laughs> I'm really scared to be there. And I go there when I hold space for other people and I stay there for the hour or an hour and a half. And I'm so glad about that. And I am ready to do that for myself, to, to do it beyond when it's for someone else because then I get to grow into this vision more because the vision is like blocked past dying. The, the vision, the, the past life experience I went to was the last man left our village and there's a, there's a war happening in the Incan empire and I'm alone with a bunch of women and children and I know we're gonna die. I can see it coming for us. Like I know that we're gonna physically die and I have to hold space for these women and children in this horror that's about to happen because I can see it and like carry us and like help us carry ourselves into something greater than our physical form so that we can transcend this experience. And yeah, my box is just like hitting me on the head with a mallet, trying to keep me down in, in this plane. I don't know what else to say about it. It's still really. I have a, um, I don't know, some kind of a, an idea that, or I don't, anyway, in my experiences, having a physical body is a precious possibility because then you have a point of um, where you awareness and consciousness where awareness and consciousness can hit you in your particular inner structure in your particular matrix in your particular dimension and you have a mouth and you have hands that can communicate that in your in its uniqueness and trying to elevate to not be physical i i think it's a enlightenment kind of fantasy world and, you know, you can go back to the light and what are you going to do in the light? You can't, you know, what are you going to do? You know, I, there's, I've held many processes 
where I people were had the experience of what it's like before being incarnated in the, as a fetus, you know, in the belly. And they were in this oneness, wonderfulness, uh, everybody love each other, total clarity, total love, but they couldn't do anything. It, it's just this bliss, but being human makes friction. Being physical gives friction that creates evolution. And I think that's why it's, it's precious. So I'm not sure trying to not be physical is a, a useful kind of goal. Thank you. Okay. The, 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 yeah, there's like, that's the, that's the escape part of it. Right. Then you right. feel no pain, basically. It was a body, you feel pain. You feel five body it's, pain. It's more of the like decision that to hold space is to support the, the, the memory that we chose this, that we chose to be here to like, as long as any of us are in this realm, in this experience of physical form, we need, like we all in this space, we all chose to incarnate in this way to be bridge builders to, because it's more about the memory. Okay. And less about like evaporating. Okay. It, so, and it seems to me that, you know, the stuff that we're discovering today and you guys are discovering in your own research and, and, and spaces was never, has never been discovered before. The, the stuff that I heard is being discovered on the edges of a gremlin or decontamination or, um, uh, you know, the edges of fear, you know, all with the fear club. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing, but all of this has not been discovered before. I mean, I, there, there, it doesn't exist anywhere. And so this thing of thinking that we are remembering something, I think is also kind of a fantasy world. I think we're mm -hmm. discovering, we explorers and we're discovering distinction and elegance and refinement that has not been brought into the field of Gaia before. And so we look, it's, it's new. It is, it is cutting edge new stuff. Hmm. So I'll, I'll let um, you with that and in, in your liquid yeah. state. I'll look into it. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you for doing the process also. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, anybody, anything else? I started an experiment um, and this is to, to make a small talk uh, in, um, with, with different people to, um, to, to make a communication without uh, losing the intimacy in the talk. 
Uh, so, so, so as we, I made a call with Kian today, for example, it's really about not to go over and not to go under and really to, to stay in connection. And uh, I, I figured out that, um, that I for myself um, make it in that way that I hold space for, for my own. And if, if I have the um, control over the space, I, I feel sure, and I could give to, to I could be with another person in the in, in the space also, but only if I made a decision. It's not I couldn't relax in a in a space, uh, and that's that I have have to make an emotional healing process about uh, if another person holds space for me. I every time ask myself if I really want to do it, and I hold hold the space every time also. So if, if, for example, if you would make an emotional healing process with me and Chloe, I will hold space for myself. I make the decision. Every time I don't give up in, every t in, in no case. And that was interesting for me to see. I never really, um, and, and I've tried to find out the gap between uh, why I couldn't go in, in a special uh, space of intimacy why I deny this this intimacy and this this is it is it about? Yay! Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think I don't. I I'm, I didn't really get what the emotional healing process is about, but I don't think there's an emotional healing process. I mean, if I would not be a, I would really not be able to be intimate or. And I would have huge fear about going in a space where I'm not holding space also. Mm, yes, uh, I, what I mean uh, is uh, that I don't let the person hold the space. I really try to, that my, my, that is my emotional healing process is about that I try to deny the space holding of the other. Okay, yeah, okay, I get it now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're really in a in a space. Um, there can be, you know, one or more space holders, only if the space holders have the same purpose, basically have the same context and the same purpose. Mm -hmm. And and that's then you can have co space holding. And so often this is why spaces of intimacy when there's you know more than one space holder then both people are trying to hold space if uh if they're not sure you know have negotiated to be on a similar context and a similar purpose what happens is war because people are, are, are fighting for their own purpose and their own context and so and this is why it is so powerful and this is something that we can we can practice here is it is to have this meta conversation what context are we having here in this space of intimacy and what is our purpose? And if it, without this conversation, it, it is, you know, 90% sure that you're going to have box context war, which is box war and gremlin war. You have war. Yeah. So in this whole, this whole question is like, what, okay, what are we creating here? What kind of conversation are we having? What, how, how are we relating to responsibility? What distinctions are being, you know, are we applying? And these are fantastic moments of intimacy, actually. To negotiate our intimacy is where the intimacy really happens. So thank you for bringing that in. 
Yeah, thank you for for saying that. Um, I, I've I want to say one more thing because I've noticed when I get a space hold for myself, I often have this gremlin or box, whatever voice that says, "Okay, because the other is holding the space for me, it's not up to me." to negotiate the context of what is happening here. And I just go along with the space holding, uh, the context the other person holds space for. And I take this now with me as an empowerment to really start negotiating again the spaces that I get hold for myself, actually, in a way I want, like, I want them to be held to, to feel comfortable in, or to not comfortable in a way for my box, but like the align with the context I I know to be the context I want to be in. Yeah, and especially if you're, um, your space holder can have, quote unquote, I don't like really using this word, but having less matrix than you or less bigness than you, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Somebody else can still hold space for you. And the way to do this is really to say, please ask me this. Because you might have your next, your own next question, but you cannot ask it to yourself. It is so amazing how you can have a question, but actually you cannot ask it to yourself. You say to the space holder, please ask me this question. And then let the question sink in and the next uh, what liquid state or the next level of feelings and emotion uh, emerge out of the question. And, and you can say, please, please tell me this. Yeah. I have a question about that, Aunt Chloe, because um, I've had this come up a few times and with another space holder, where do I know that I'm not controlling then my own emotional healing process and yeah, because that's the feedback I've gotten. And it's like, ah, oh, but there's this impulse. And yeah, there's a bit of a dance going on for me with that. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it's a valid question to keep around, you know, am I fooling myself? Mm. Am I fooling myself? And, um, and, I, and I think it's really only with experimenting and seeing the results, you know, do a process following totally, you know, not, not telling anything to the space holder and see the results. And then you can do it, you know, asking your own question and see the results and, and find the sensation. Okay. How much am I protecting myself or how much this is really a space where I want to discover. I think it's your own, your own discovery there. Yeah. Okay. I'm, this came up after I heard uh, a process that Clinton held for uh, Devin this week. And then Maria was also there holding space. And one of the discovery or um, that was kind of one of the, it, it was really a feedback. And the discovery was as a space holder for either an emotional healing process or for a group, it doesn't matter, or for a work talk or any space, is it, are you saying this for you because you know, because it makes sense? You know, is it so that you can be clever, you know, or smart or ahead? Or are you saying it for the other person? Are you saying that for their own evolution, for their next step? And 
what I think this has to do is something that is called radical resonance. And it's a skill for a space holder to get in radical with resonance with the people that you're working with to, to get what is it like in them? What, what is the world over there? How do they relate to the world? What kind of liquid state are they in right now? You know, is it time to speak now or, or not? You know, or is it time for silence? Okay, you know, are they, are they in pain enough about their old decision, for example, or not? And if they are not in pain enough about what they've decided and how that shapes their life, they can't make a new decision. They cannot. Or on, otherwise, it's only an intellectual consideration. God, that could be interesting to, you know, change an old decision, but it actually doesn't create transformation. It actually doesn't change the shape of the being. And this, the work of possibility management really opens the door to be a surgeon. It's really being a mimetic surgeon. So to uh, mimetic the memes is uh, I can sort of say it like that. It's sort of, it's the, our inner structure. How are we built together? How did we put together our world? I mean, it's incredible the creativity of human beings when we, when you start doing this work, at least I'm amazed about the uniqueness of our own survival strategy, the unique, the creativity of people, how, how, what are their relationship to the world is completely unique. And yes, we carry thoughtware and memes that are um, really similar because we were born and raised in a culture that, that carries a certain kind of meme and distinction. But the way we've put it together and the way we relate to the world and other people is unique. And so as a space holder for evolution and healing, it is, it is sort of like putting your hands into the mimetic structure of somebody you know, your, your energetic hands, and then, and then see, God, what, what can move? What, what can move? What is the part that is being called out, basically, because there's a, an emotion? You know, an emotion is a, is a part of the structure that says, hey, I, I need care. I need, please take care of me. You know, I want to change. I want to evolve. And, and you're just like, okay. And, and what a, how do you get in there, really? And it seems, it might seem a little uh, invasive, you know, but, and in a way it's like, you can, you can get in there. And if the person does not want to change, it will go back to the way it was before. So I'm saying this, so yeah, you don't have to have this thing of, it's my fault that they evolved this way. It cannot be, okay? The, the way the person changes, is will only happen, will only respond if the person actually want to change this way. But there, there needs to be this resonance between you and, and the other person's structure in a way that your structure does not come in the way of how, how you experience their structure. Because you have... We are, each of us have our own inner structure and we have a particular unique way to look at the world. But if that, if we, if I'm looking at somebody through my own 
you know, like through my own mimetic construct, like through my own relationship to the world, I don't get to be with them. I don't get, I get to be with the way I experience them. Okay, well, that will not help them because I'm in the way. So it's how do I get to be with people without like, uh, you know, I would say that we're like, like Kian said, without my box being there. How can I get to be with people where they are and how, how they are? How did they put themselves together? So I, I would like to try this to go in groups and as the space holder to get into this, really practice this radical resonance. And basically your job is to look at this person across from you and to scan them and to, to be, it's also a form of like radically being with, radically being with who they are, what they are, how did they put themselves together? And of course it's completely neutral. The way people chose to put themselves together is completely, uh, um, what, it's not good or bad, it's completely neutral. And there's, there are ways that the people have put themselves together that are survival based and so therefore doesn't serve them anymore and they might want to change them. And there's a way that people have put themselves together that is actually building, have built a skill in them that serve their being or their archetypal lineage or their bright principles. Okay. And the, your, the experiment, like the job is to um, look at it from this neutral point of view. But th this is how it's like to be Phyllis Goldman. You know, you paired up with Phyllis, Phyllis is your client and you scan and you say, what, what it seems to be, like what it seems to me to be, to what it's like in your world, Phyllis, is something like this. And then you just tell Phyllis, this is what it seems like to me. So it goes like this, and you can start seeing what does, what, I'm taking your example, Phyllis. What does Phyllis per perceive? What does she not perceive? Why does she perceive this and not this? What's the purpose? You know, why would she interact with the world in this way and not in this way? What's the benefit? What's the purpose? What is the, um, what are the consequences? What are the consequences? Or um, something like, how is it put together? How did, how did Phyllis put, put it together in a way that she is the way she is today? And your job is to, it, it, you can ask questions. I mean, you can, it, it can be a conversation, but the point is not to ask them to tell you how it is put. You get to scan and you get to, you, you know, even the way, if you ask a question, you make a comment, the way they speak or how they speak and what they say and what they don't say, all of that reveals how they are, like how are they put together? So it's, in a way, when you're a space holder for these kind of spaces with the purpose of transformation and evolution, you don't, you, if you interact with someone as if it's really them, okay, I'm looking at Jacopo, I'm like, Jacopo is, 
really a guy who, you know, cannot answer my question. I asked him a question earlier and he cannot answer my question. And it, he's really just a guy who can't answer a question. God, well, that's not so interesting. God, I, I want, you know, I want to hang out around a guy who can't answer my questions or whatever. If I think that Jacopo is really someone who can't answer my question, I'm fooling myself. Because that's not all of him. That is not what's possible. It's not the potential. So what I am, what I, what I do instead is I interact with the construct, Jacopo. And I get to be, and I get to scan, okay, how come, what, it, how, what in Jacopo makes it that he thinks he, can't, he cannot answer my question? That's what I'm left with. What in him, how, how did he build it in him? What happened to him? What kind of self image he has about himself? Or what, how does he see me in a way that he can't answer that question? I'm interacting with the construct and having this, this question and this neutral observation about what it is. And then I get to be with potential. I get to be with what's possible. I get to uh, have so many doors open about um, does he want to, you know, do you want to change it? You know, do you want to, do you want to figure, the, do you want to find out what is it that blocks you so that you can make a different choice? From interacting with the concept and not who the person, what the show they gave me. Because I, you know, I put Jacopo in a room with uh, Kian and Kian might ask him the exact same question and Jacopo can answer. Totally. You know, it's a completely different space. Kian is a completely different person. It's a whole, so that's not him. The answer he gave me, that's not him. And so this is what, that would be this, ra this radical resonance is how to be Having it's this meta conversation about this construct. How did they put themselves together? And what are the consequences? And what are the to describe it? Your job would be to describe it. I think this is what it's like to be you. And and then it would be great, I think, to have some kind of feedback from the person saying this was accurate. And they're actually, I think something else is going on. And as you answer, as you, can, you give the feedback to the space holder, as you answer, you need to have this relationship to yourself that this is not you, that you're, you're also looking at yourself as a construct. Does that make sense? The second part is like, you need to have your own self-observation, neutral self-observation on yourself about um, what might be really going on when you thought, you know, this is me. I really can't answer a question. This is who I am. And to have the self-observation. And I, and I um, anyway, let's start with that. Any, any questions or comment about this radical resonance? I have a question. I need uh, explanation. When um, about the phrase, put yourself together, 
you refer you reference the system to the survive how the person have made the survival strategy and all these structures the inner structures and i'm asking because in modern society they say hey put yourself together so it's like it's a good thing to put yourself together and for me i mean that is my like you you mean to the like the contrary of put it's, yourself together like yeah. don't put yourself yeah. together, right it's it's just it's completely different things so i'm not talking about what you're saying pull yourself together or put yourself together i'm talking about how does the world of dimitra works yeah. how does it work in a neutral way okay okay we're not answering anything so it's really one person is scanning mostly um, mostly but you might you could i don't know you could check along the way it's you you're trying to be with okay this is not a this is not about being superior it's is this is about a radically uh resonating with the person so you can check you can check along the way and then have kind of a last checkup at the end i'll give you a couple minutes so i would do this for i don't know six seven eight minutes first client uh, with the space holder and coach, uh, your job would be to, um, if you notice something that the, the space holder is not noticing, you know, coach the space holder basically. Where, where are they holding back? What are they missing? What are they not noticing? How are they not going deep enough? Or stuff like that. I think you'll figure it out. Okay. So we're taking turns, we're taking turns being the space holder. Yes. All three people get to be that. And we're starting from, I'm observing and I'm simply going directly into that person and having this resonance and going from right there, like, okay, here's what I get. Yes. Correct. But it's not a reading. Okay. This is not a channeling of their chakra, like a reading of their chakra. That's, it's something different. It's about, it's about how did they, how do they relate to the world? How do they relate to the world? What is their mechanism? You know, Eric Byrne said this amazing thing. He said, the destiny of human being is to figure out what goes on inside of you in relationship to what goes, out, goes on outside of you. And we've all put a mechanism about how do we relate to what's happening outside of us to relate to it in a certain way inside of us. So this is what I'm talking about. It's how did we put it together? And I'm asking to please move away, especially for um, like uh, old PMers. Do not use classic uh, PM distinction. Like you have 40% of your adult ego state contaminated with your gremlin ego state and um, you're mixing your anger and your sadness together. Like this is only coming from your mind. Okay, so this is a, Please get away from this and try to be with them. What is it like? And yes, you can use the word, you can use, you know, possibility management distinction, but don't use them in the way that your box just takes control of them. Okay. Here we go.
just the two of us. Fine. Who would you like to be first? I would like to be the client first. So does that mean that I share something with you or do we just go? You just I'll just go. go. And then I might ask you some question. Okay. What it seems like how say you've put yourself together and say the way you relate to the world is that there's some kind of pressure that you have to, you're you're pressuring yourself to be something that you think you're not. I'll wait until you finish drinking. In a way that you think you have to become a better person than who you are right now. And so there's all these, mechanism of pressure about bettering yourself, being a better person. That's kind of one one dimension, which, you know, probably brought you on this path of evolution, but I think has run its course. It's, you know, and, and that's more like not really radically resonating. It's more like my personal observation about, I think that has run, it's like that can't help you anymore. It will probably more, stop you than anything else. And there's also a way that I don't know how to say this that there's some kind of, it's sort of maybe a death wish. It's sort of somewhere there's a death wish about that it, to, to become who you are, you have to annihilate yourself. You have to completely disintegrate uh, as if, the as if what you've gone through in this life and other life does not have uh, value. And I know I'm sure other part of you see the value. You, you move into another part of you and then it's like, oh, no, this value. But there's this, there's this other part that has this death wish as if to have a complete blank slate start over and some kind of I don't know, it seems to me, it's some kind of, um, something really bad happened. I would even say, you know, this is more of a guess, let's say, but that, you know, is it possible that at some point in your life, you served the dark side? You were in service of the dark side and there's something in, in, and it's like, and that's not okay with you. It's like, it's not integrated in you, something like that. So anyway, this is more like speculation, but I'm getting this kind of death wish. Were you gonna say something? I'm gonna ask a question. 
Mm-hmm. Is that what it what? Mm, what was the origin point of the um, like meaning speculation, resonance, guess, or whatever? Which which or what was the origin point of the serving the dark side? And can you tell me more, like go in there and tell me more about what that and is? What I'm getting is something you you in sometimes in your past life something happened you did something something happened that is so bad it's like so terrible it's so unforgivable in your eyes it's so unforgivable that that you forget you know you want to forget it die, make it die make it deny it make it go away. And it's like anything that you try to suppress, it comes out sideways. And I think in, in the way it comes out sideways for you is this, you know, that I'm not gonna use my power. You know, it's this, I'm, I'm not gonna be who I am because, because that thing might happen again. Past life. Sorry? You said past life. Probably, probably, it smells like that. It feels like that. <laughs> something, yeah, something really bad. And so I don't know. You committed to die. You committed to, you know, if I can create, I don't know. It could be something like if I can create something like this, then I should. I, it's better that I don't live. Just give me a second to write a message. Maria, I, so this is coming to an end. What I would ask you now, if you can, is, is not really to tell, I mean, you could say that, you know, does that make sense or does that not make sense? But also anything that I haven't said that you have noticed in your own structure, uh, how you relate to the world. I made I made I made one specific choice in this lifetime that is reminding me of that thing and I didn't know that was what it was but I've been like pouring my death wish into this the meaning of this choice and um I notice that I have a fear of using my power 
because it's still kind of contaminated with this desire for power instead of like empowerment. And that I, my mental body and maybe even my energetic body and my archetypal bodies are certain that once I use my power, it, that contamination will clear. But my emotional body is more comfortable with not using my power and taking the risk. What it, what it seems to me is that until you have completed, you know, you could have made a sort of a death wish in this life, but for me, it's like the vibe, the resonance that it has it is that it comes from another life. It comes from something a lot deeper and sort of darker. And so, and until you complete that, all of your body, your whole being is twisted around because of the decisions that you've made back then. And yes, you can, you know, your mind can have ideas that have no relationship to reality, but even your energetic body and even your archetypal body is, is twisted, is tied up in your experience, what you experienced back there. How? How do I, it's like, I, this is like a question right now. Like, how do I open that door? Because I feel like I'm not there yet Yeah. to, to that door. Yeah, I, it seems accurate to me. I, the practice that I would give you, um, sorry, in shift, is to notice how much these decisions are in your life, how much this death wish, this not using my power because I will, you know, how much you actually are looking for power and seeking for power and just getting real with that part of you. And then when you have enough pain about it, then you'll be at the door. But I I think it's accurate that you're not at that door yet. I'm, I'm in so much pain about it. I see it in every area of my life. I've been in so much pain about it for a really long time. And I just don't know what it's going to take. Well, you might want to then check out whatever door that you're in right, like at right now in an emotional healing process, you know, going into that pain, just go into it in a held space you know, preferably with somebody who has kind of more experience in holding space because it's kind of big and delicate and whatever. And, and see what layers, what layer gets revealed. Hmm. Thank you. Okay. I'm sensing this. Um, it's like 
in in the Andean cosmovision, it's called Pachacama. It's like uh, this structure that the world lives on, that the earth grows on, like matrix, I guess. But yeah, like the lattice, but it's very... rigid that it's like once there's an answer and a new question opens up that answer stays the same forever and that's not to say that new questions don't open up and that like challenge the answer but somehow there's this like vibration in it where things are wanting to be more fluid and more like, but there's this like desire to keep them like, no, that was already answered. Now we're here. And also, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is a sense based on our, our conversation in the group. And so I'm, I'm like really looking into my own, box here like where this is connecting with with maybe where my limits are um but we're here together so there's some meaning of it of like uh denial of mystery um that there's yeah i mean they, these two things seem linked like that there's a scientific discovery scientific like relationship with the living world and the interactions of humans and how we're how we're flowing in this way together in this on this evolutionary path what is the like it's about knowing the purpose, like getting to the purpose over and over again. Not that there's ever, like maybe the mystery lives in knowing that it will never be solved, but it's like only so far away that the mystery is allowed, like beyond you, not in you. Hmm. I, I sense like what, what just came through is like, I don't know if it's this life or another life, but there's this form of innocence that my brain wants to make a little girl, but I don't know if it's a little girl or not. Like she's just like, there's an innocence and purity and, and this, this energy is not no is not is a non-knowing energy it's like a play energy a discovery energy that's not about knowing it's not about finding anything and it's purposeless in a way it's like useless and that she's sort of like in a cage a little bit like she gets to come out at certain times of the day or on certain days of the week or maybe months of the year, but 
when like it's like she only has like a schedule when she's allowed to do her thing and yeah i sense that sh that she's actually carrying a lot of wisdom like a lot of helpful tools <laughs> that are like so so much more nonlinear than one's adult mind could possibly even fathom, but that there's like some some endless infinite possibility in this space of uselessness. And it's like she's seeking like a, a more fluid schedule, <laughs> like where she just can pop out and and Anne Chloe, like this Anne Chloe adult, Anne Chloe radically responsible space holder, Anne Chloe can just cancel her day and say like, sorry, this, this is a time for something else and I'm not available anymore today. That like the clarity is, is, not, is not letting her breathe the way she wants to breathe. Thank you. Okay. I'm intrigued about uh, this mystery. I was reading a couple of days ago uh, about the unknown that uh, cannot be explained and somebody wrote a book about it. And it's like, how do you talk about something that, how do you write about the unknown like that? And I, and I read that I could feel this part of me freaking out. Well, and so I, I take it as a question about this mystery. And we and Chloe. Yeah. This. Go back in here as your eyes just keep going up to your head if you would like. So you asked me, sorry, can you say it again? I just keep seeing you looking up. So I learned that from you that it might yeah, be a that sign that you're up. going in your head. So yeah, if you, I was, yeah. There's something in like lower down. Yeah, I think it's so, it's, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about taking it as a, as this question about this mystery and how do I, 
block it and, and or you kind of gave me some hints about that and but why and what else is possible about it yeah and if you have any i don't know practice or experiment to try i have a lot of experiments to try <laughs> okay can you give me one i can give you one just one time this month maybe not with your trainings but one time this month i this piece of you this part of you is going to say no and like it's not like i need to just rest right now or i need to be in pleasure right now or i need to do something completely unre unreasonable right now and uh, so the the exercise or the practice is to cancel cancel what you're cancel a plan, and not just any plan, not like a plan with Clinton or someone who you're really close with, like some like a session or something like more higher pressure. Thank you. This mm -hmm. I could feel this coming. <laughs> I could feel my own freak out about. <laughs> I just want to share, even today, I was like, I want to go to the beach. I want just no reason, like nothing. It just, and I could not do it. And I, you know, I could not do it. And, and I do, so I have this question, okay, why is that? Well, so it seems timely. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I propose that we go into, a, just choose another group I'll make you co-host and just hold space with them. Is that okay? okay. Uh, so I just choose another group meaning? Yeah, wait, you can't choose it right now. Um, can you go back to the main room with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Okay, now your co-host, you should be able to see the breakout rooms. Mm, breakout rooms. At the bottom. So choose choose one with two people in it or no, no everyone there's has no one with two people. Okay. So just one with with three and then you just you're an extra coach and just be with okay. them. Yeah. Okay. Uh okay. Hello, Phyllis. Hello, Claire. So will you share with me what it's like to be in your world and to be experiencing the world through your eyes, through your body? Can I make a suggestion? I don't know how you've done it before, but my proposal, Claire, you're the space holder, right? Yes. Yeah, is to, to, to scan Phyllis and to get it, to already be radically res resonating, being radical resonance with her, and then you get to tell her because you, you know you you've been already in the space she's spoken and even just right now the way she's speaking or not speaking or reacting all of that gives you there's so much hints about what is it like in Phyllis's world so just start from mm. fresh so Phyllis I get the sense that 
in your world, there's there's a lot of like relationship is woven really close to you. Um, will you share with us what what your view on and perspective and wisdom on relationships is? So Claire, I'm going to interrupt you again. Now, I'll do it with you right now. So yeah. the way there's a way that you it is built inside of you that you don't trust what you see and that somehow you've blocked the information from even coming to you because you have such a, a distrust of your own senses that you would say one sentence, you know, this is kind of what I, the, the proof you would say one sentence and then you would ask Phyllis again to share. You say one thing and then you, you throw it back to her to be vulnerable instead of you keep speaking. So this tells me that the way you relate to the world is a, a distrust of your own uh, impulses, of your own inner world, of your own sensing of what's going on over there. So try to do that with Phyllis. You know, okay, she has relationship. Everybody has relationship. How does she relate to relationship? That would be the question. So I would answer that question of like how she relates to relationships. For example, that would be part of this resonating. You could, but you, you would need to, to really be with her. Just you're not looking with your own construct. You just, you can close your eyes. It's like, what, what would it be like to be in Phyllis's world? Mm. So try that. Close your eyes, Claire. Close your eyes. I mean, what would it be like what is it like, really, to be in Phyllis's world? I get this sense of um, warmth, of, yeah, like a sense of home that is really rooted and uh, also a deep passion and love and curiosity for learning and discovering. Um, Let's say that's one yeah. layer. Go to the next layer. That's that's kind of the superficial layer of Phyllis. Try to move to the another deeper layer. Yeah, I get the sense that there's sadness of like there's a way that you've experienced loss that allows you to be more present in the world or in your life and with others. Claire, right now, what you're talking about is sort of, a, you know, how is she more present? How did she build it inside of herself that you would have a sense of that? Can I give you an example? I'm sort of, can I try yes. it with Phyllis? Because I tried it with you. Yes. So, for example, with, with you, Phyllis, it seems to me that 
inside of you, you have um, a deep commitment to the ordinary. That somehow the extraordinary is so dangerous that there's more than the majority of you that that is committed to, I have to stay in ordinary. It has to, I can't, I, if I do extraordinary, I die. I get something really bad happens. And in the sense that I would have for that, the, the impact would be that a lot of your communication and um, spaces are stuck in the ordinary because of your own commitment. Because you, yeah, your own commitment to this, like this kind of unconscious commitment to ordinary. So this is, mm, do you get the difference, Claire? Yes. About like this, how is it built? How, how does she relate to the world? And to kind of go down in the, you know, the warmth and the curiosity is, it is true. It's, but it's also part of her feels that she knows about. And so the, one of the purpose of this radical resonance is that you can perceive things that seem so, that are so unconscious, that seem so normal to Phyllis, but because you don't, you actually don't live in, you know, you're not Phyllis, you can see them. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like you get to reveal stuff that are not already known to, for example, Phyllis here. So you're, you know, you know me, so you're going by what you know about me, but we've never met each other. And so are we just going by an energetic impulse or an, that we get? It's like, look, the way that Claire is hold herself, the way that she said something, she said hello or didn't say hello in the group, the way she's dressed, the way she takes care of herself or not, or what's, it's, there, you know, there's that, this kind of like the physical uh, information. But after you've kind of picked, for me, the way it works is after I've picked up on that, then I, can, I get the, it's, it's this energetic structure. And this is sort of the, the core thing. So I didn't know this about you, Phyllis, really until uh, Clara started talking about relationship. And then I got, oh, okay. Like I, you know what I'm saying? It's not like something that I withheld from you, what I just said. I was discovering it I was, as I was talking to you. So I get to also be in this discovery. didn't resonate with me right away. I mean, I would have started crying, I think, if it had. So, and, and yet, intellectually, I see that it could be accurate. Was that feedback for me or for Aunt Chloe? No, for Aunt Chloe. Yeah. No, I... Like what Aunt Chloe said, I know those things that you said about me. I know those things about myself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I'm, I'm just trying on the other and, and I, I think, and I just thank you for the feedback. I, it's something I'll need to sit with and allow myself to feel around it. Okay. I mean, I think this is really, uh, what's possible in this radical resonance is that it's to discover things that none of us knew, yeah. but from this, this being together. Yeah. Right. Okay. I would, let's. Thank you. For, yeah. Thank you. We okay. didn't do it that way. So yeah. Thanks. Okay, I'll go back and uh, I'm closing the room. So you have still a minute together. Morning in progress. Any reports or sharing about this practice of radical resonance? Now that I understand it, I want I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to do it over again because <coughs> yeah, I I remember doing this in a in a lab and I thought I made everything up and it was accurate and I did it with my eyes closed. Yeah, I, I just want to say because I was in this last group and I the the point I think of this practice, I mean for me, the way I use it is that this is how I get to be with people in coaching or in uh, sessions. And it's not like I'm gonna put it all on the table, you know, this is what I see and this is who you are, or it, it's not to uh, do that. The, the, for me, the use that I have of it is that then I have this ongoing question of who is it that I'm interacting with? What is it like for them? Because I, you know, I'm, I have my own interaction with the world and because I have this I'm okay box, I think this is the best way to interact with the world. I'm like, this is, I, it's great to be me, you know, and I think most people do that. I don't know, you know, that, but, um, so, so the point is, um, it's to have this compassion, but it's this neutral compassion of, 
why kind of this question why would you be interacting with the world like that as an honest curious curious question and is there any other way that you would want to interact with the world and then it's a it's a truly it's an ongoing discovery journey like when i i was with maria and then i uh checked in with phyllis and what I said, I didn't know what I was going to say before I started having this radical resonance. So any... I see it. Yeah. Oh, I, I just noticed fear coming in life in me because I, I can hear like when you say like you don't obviously just put this into the space and at the same time I can so easily see how Gremlin can just use that because of the ability of us me as a human being able to do this like i think i've done this unconsciously that i i've i've scanned people but then i would just put that in the space and then it wouldn't lend us feedback it would be like my gremlin is trying to change the person rather than it being feedback for the person so yeah and i i can feel the distinction in my body and at the same time i do that unconsciously it's my evolution i guess okay well i mean so you know, maybe the, the next practice is uh, this kind of next level of radical resonating is, you know, maybe I, I should have included that today. It's what needs to be revealed in service, in service of the person. And I didn't, I didn't include that. But it's what is unknown, what is, can be discovered yeah, in the service, this is, yeah, it's not about letting your gremlin, um, you know, quote unquote, be radically honest. Any, anything else, any discovery or? I have two things. One was, um, well, maybe there's three small first ones really small or really big but short but um it's Marie, really... would you pause for a second yes i just want to say that for example the way you maria made your introduction to what you're sharing <laughs> reveals how you relate to the world hmm. and it's not good and it's not bad but it just it's Okay, I get to interact with some part of Maria who's editing herself or mm. proofreading herself uh, in live. You know, and it's like, okay, well, is there, mm. you know, is there another way to um, communicate? And, and that's the only question. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead about your sharing there's a real strong this piece about standing out there without my box that when I felt your resonance and I felt the truth like I felt it hit me like where it was useful for me to discover my own edges I, that, that we are capable of seeing beyond 
each other's boxes gave me like it kind of shredded through this layer for me of what I think I can hide. And similarly, or kind of in relation to that, when I was um, resonating with you and sharing that with you, part of my experience was a mirror that uh, that came up to both both I started both questioning what I was resonating with in you like these box questions are coming up like is this not about Aunt Chloe is this about me is that like should I just write this down and not tell this to her and like the keeping my center my centers aligned was a really useful tool and to go like to keep going even though I had all these questions because partially because I trust that you have the matrix to let whatever go that isn't doesn't resonate for you in whatever feedback I was offering um and then I learned by going into this other room that I had this clarity and willingness to share about the feedback that was coming up for me in resonance with this with uh Dorothea and that it wasn't received like uh it wasn't the the conduit for for that wasn't open and so when I sent it towards Dorothea there was this like disconnection that occurred between us as a result and so I learned I learned about that piece that you mentioned earlier from my um the process Devin had with Clinton that I was holding space for that is this about me? Like, is like, what is the timing? Like, when does my client need to hear this? And is like, even if I know or have this like question, like pending question that's coming up really strong in me, is there a, like, is my client ready to hear this? Is this going to land? Is this going to be useful? And so then it was like, yeah, I was met with, no, that was (laughs) poorly timed experience. And maybe if I had waited and shared it at a different time, it would have landed for Dorothea differently. And then we, we would have remained in connection. So yeah, that's my goal. Thank you. I have some, uh, thank you. I have something just basically the same to this. And I noticed for me, like I sent my feedback and I was looking for the resonant person and I noticed what was missing was actually my fear, feeling my fear to be in connection with the other person and delivering in a, it in, in a sensitive way that fits the connection at the moment. And this is the goal I take with to let my fear get bigger, to lend my, my feedback, to be in connection and be more sensitive. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. It's time. Mm-hmm. Anybody, anybody else need anything? Mm, yeah, I mean, I can say some something about um, it. It's about the timing. That's true, but it's also, I think, about the let's say about the right. So I think we had an agreement about us three, and we built up a trust. And then one person comes in without asking if this is okay. And it's just there in the middle of the process and interrupt after listening, not even one minute and giving feedback. 
I don't know if this is, I mean, there, there is a story before and there is a development. And if people don't see the development, I'm not sure if they should enter immediately as a, as a person coming from out, out there, not, not having the whole context. I just want to say, Dorothea, it seems like you're feeling something. I'm angry. I'm super angry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still angry and it's been more than three minutes. So this would tell me that this is not a feeling, but an emotion. No, I know where this emotion is coming from. I, I, I know. Okay, so this actually has nothing to do with Maria. It has to do with this emotion. And so this is just a gateway for an emotional healing process. And it's a great gateway about having some kind of trust being destroyed, something like that, it seems to me. Trust is, is destroyed or what do you mean? I don't know. It's your anger. What is your anger about? What is your emotional anger about? Is it um, I think the story is that um, she told me something that I knew, but we were we were not on the point yet, or we were in the Dorothea, research. Dorothea, just pause for a second. This is yeah. this is not about what happened in the past. I'm I'm saying in, you also said this is an emotion, and it's useful yeah. to know the gateway for an emotion. So it's anger, and it's something about somebody entering in the space where there was some kind of trust before. Mm -hmm. And somebody destroying the trust. Okay, well, that's that's the sentence. You, that's the only sentence you need to go into an emotional healing process saying, I feel angry when somebody breaks the trust that was built. And then you can go back to uh, when did that happen? When did that happen? And what did you decide about it? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Do you want to ask for space holders here to do this emotional healing process? If somebody's there, <laughs> you would need to ask. Does anybody has time to uh, space holding me? Great, <laughs> Joseph and Kian. And Devin as well. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see you over there. <laughs> okay, great, you have your team daughter. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, thank you for this experiment in radical res resonating, radical resonance. And I'll, I'll see you in three weeks, December 23rd. And I'm, I, I'm staying a bit, thank if anybody has questions or anything, I'm, I can stay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.